to strive for perfection instead of just striving for fulfillment. And so I realized that like, I'm tired of that propaganda. I'm tired of that. And I think a lot of people are tired of that. I am not nervous or anxious about the next chapter of my life because I know who the author is and the author is you. I held back for so long out of fear. Reality is you have an idea, create it, embrace the fear, embrace the imperfection because it's all just part of it. Not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. In today's episode, Ana Cordera, founder of Theory and Practice, talks about her journey with wellness, going from self-harm and depression to building a global platform that promotes self-discovery. We discuss fear, creativity, gratefulness, and much more, and I find it so brave and inspiring, and I really wanted all of you guys to be aware about theory and practice and what this platform is all about. So let's go right into it. Theory and practice, and it's rooted in that exact idea of self-discovery or self-improvement, um, which goes back to the main vision that we have at Theory and Practice, which is to change the existing rhetoric around health and wellness from one rooted in perfectionism to one rooted in imperfection and joy and compassion. Um, it's a media company focused on content that is our bedrock, enhanced by events at this moment in time in New York, but the hope is to expand to future cities um, in other countries, Paris, London, Mexico City. And Furthermore, the long-term vision is to eventually make this sort of a commerce slash marketplace play. Oh, wow. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and explaining. What made you start this project in the first <laughs> place? The reason why I started this was just rooted out of a personal need to find a space and find a community that was all about imperfection when it came to being your best because you can be your best and you can still be flexible and imperfect. And I found that I did not, I did not know a space or a platform or a publication or a thought leader who preached this sort of idea. And the existing content that I saw out there was very much rooted in like, you have to do this, you have to be this, you have to think this in order to be the most productive in order to be best runner or the best writer. And that inevitably led me to strive for perfection instead of just striving for fulfillment or striving for doing my best. And so I realized that like, I'm tired of that propaganda. I'm tired of that. And I think a lot of people are tired of that. And a lot of people are seeking um, a way to redefine wellness and redefine, you know, how they show up best in their lives. For sure. And it resonates a lot with me. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with wellness and well-being? More than anything, it all goes back to when I was in high school and I did not have a good experience in high school. I was very unhappy, um, specifically when I was around 15 and 16, to the point that I, you know, took part in some unfortunate things. Like I was very much depressed and I was very unhappy. And so I started to self-harm. And I realized in that moment that through the help, of course, of like my parents and their love and support that like, that is not right. And I need to focus on self-love first and foremost. And so that kind of was the root of my journey into wellness. Eventually in college, I was still focused on myself, but not, not enough to the point where I 
um, needed to be. And it all came down to 2020 during the pandemic when I realized it kind of hit me like, whoa, I need to take care of myself. And when I take care of myself physically, mentally, spiritually, I feel amazing. I feel my best. So when I realized that, I started to want to share it with the world and share my ideas and reflections and all the things that I read and heard on podcasts and watched on Netflix. And so it kind of just became an evolution of my path to bring focus to the wellness space and bring focus to what makes us feel our best. So in 2021, I started like this Instagram project called for 12 months, 12 challenges that each month I would do a wellness challenge, be it running a hundred kilometers a month or becoming a vegetarian for a month. And then I would write and reflect on that experience that eventually evolved into a newsletter that I rolled out all about my thoughts around physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. My definitions for each of these realms is physical well-being is purposeful movement, um, sleep and nutrition. Mental well-being is emotional processing, creativity and intellectual stimulation. And spiritual definition is a connection to a purpose beyond your own. And so I started to send out a newsletter focused on creation and curations. That brought me a lot of happiness for a period of time, but I didn't have a long-term vision for it. And so I decided to eventually kind of just stop and it wasn't bringing me joy anymore. And all of last year when I stopped, I just sat with those feelings. I was feeling very unfulfilled because I wasn't doing anything creatively. Mm -hmm. And then I just decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to start this platform that had been on my mind for a few years. In fact, the name theory and practice came to me during a run two years ago. So I was very much like, okay, well, I have this name, I have this idea, I have this concept, I have this vision. It's all a matter of of execution. So I started 2023 saying like, this is the year where I'm going to stop saying and start doing. And I think it's really timely because my word of the year is actually commitment. And I've chosen to really live up to this word with this project and this platform that I'm building. I am committed to theory and practice, and I am committed to creating and bringing value and a different conversation around wellness to the world. I love this. Thank you so much for sharing the whole story. We really get the why you're doing this and you're so passionate about this project. I want to circle back around a little bit and talk about that moment when you said in 2023 that you just sat down with your thoughts and you decided today I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump. I guess a lot of people have dreams and sometimes they're too scared to jump. So what was the process really? Did you just sit down and decide it just like that? Or, you know, what? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a a fairy tale. Oh, no, 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 no. I had been sitting with these thoughts for almost a year, marinating on the idea, thinking about, you know, all the different ways of promoting these ideas that I have and Ultimately, the reason why I started it was number one, because of my word commitment. Number two, because I had seen all last year how unhappy I was because I wasn't creating. I didn't want feeling unfulfilled because I'm not creating, because creativity and brings me so much joy. So I was number one, committed to the idea. Number two, attentive to the type of feeling that I wanted to avoid into the new year. 
and the type of feeling that I wanted to welcome into the new year, which was one of fulfillment, one of joy, helping bring a different type of angle to wellness. And then number three, the way that it came all about in terms of launching this, which by the way, we're still in pre-launch. We're going to launch officially later um, this year, ideally at the beginning of summer. But um, I just thought that I need some sort of accountability factor into this. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, for me, is external accountability. So I hosted a pre-launch event in January that was all about intention setting. And it was my sort of like the soft launch for theory and practice with family and friends. And it was the first time that I really shared the vision of the company and what I am building. And doing so was incredibly intimidating and scary, but much needed if I'm really committing to this idea and really committing to creating this platform that I find is very much needed in this industry and space. I love this. This is so interesting because you seem so set into the idea and you are so strong when it comes to the vision that you have. Did you ever have doubts whenever you were coming up with it or were you sure from the very beginning? I I have conviction in the power of the vision of theory and practice. Of course, it would be fake to say that I don't have doubts. I do have doubts, but I I am so confident in this idea and not only on just the idea, but on my ability to execute on it, that I am excited by what's to come and by the unknown, which is not something I was ever comfortable with, by the way. Ambiguity and the unknown was always very difficult for me to be comfortable with. And I feel at this moment in time of my life, because I am like fully committed and dedicated to this idea, that I feel comfortable with it. And also I feel confident enough in myself and in the resources and my network and my community to be able to, you know, see this as a long-term project. This is amazing. And, you know, probably a lot of people that are listening to us, may, most of my audience is in their 20s, probably wanting to jump and follow their passion, their, you know, inner drive for a certain project or a business. And what you just mentioned about being comfortable with yourself launching something is a big step. So do you have any advice for someone out there who wants to pursue something but is just too afraid to do it? Yes. Find a more attainable goal first and prove to yourself that you're able to achieve that and then have that as evidence that you can achieve the bigger dreams that you have. So the reason why I say that is because one of the ways, one of the things that helped me launch theory and practice was running the marathon, the New York City Marathon. So I set a goal in October of 2021 saying I want to run the marathon in New York in, in November 2022. And I had that idea and I had, I, I am a runner, an avid runner, but 26 miles, 42 kilometers is not you know, your usual run, your average run. So having this goal in mind and working towards it, because it was really, it was a grueling training process, 18 weeks, I can imagine. 45 runs, a lot, a lot of time, not only physically, but also a lot of time mentally thinking about the best shoes to wear, the best way to hydrate during the run, what to eat before, what to eat after, 
out of you, um, your recovery after the run. There was just so many factors to think about. But I realized in that moment when I crossed the finish line that it was all worth it and that I could do it. And so for me, running the marathon was a really pivotal exercise to realize that if I could, if I can do this, I can do anything. Definitely. And I want to go as well into your philosophy of life, because clearly you're someone who challenges herself. Do you have a specific motto that you live life by? Some of us have several of them. So I want to ask you. Yes. Um, the first one that I have is actually in Spanish because I'm from Mexico and um, there's a special connection between, I think, spirituality and my culture and my background being Mexican. And it's Den Fe, okay. have faith, because I was very young. I've always had, you know, some sort of anxiety around uncertainty around ambiguity around the future and i started saying this motive to myself like maybe a year ago of being like then fit then fit then fit then fit like just repeating it over and over again to just kind of like let go of control yeah and let go and be willing to be comfortable with the unknown and then the second motive that i have is one by the gabby bernstein and it goes um, it's not exactly word for word but it's something along the lines of universe i let go and i pray for the highest good for all so it's again similar to the idea of letting go of control and being willing to have faith and being willing to trust in the unknown so those are the ones that mostly stand out to me because i've always been wanting to know what's happening in the future and i'm such a planner and sometimes that is beneficial but oftentimes it can cause a little bit of anxiety if you don't you know put set boundaries around around it Definitely. oh and i just thought of another one the other one that i love too is like i don't know who said this but they said i am not nervous or anxious about the next chapter of my life because i know who the author is and the author is you I so it's it's about trust and confidence in yourself which took me has taken me i'm still on that path a very long time to fully say yes i'm confident in myself i'm confident in my ideas i'm confident in my execution on my ideas for sure i totally agree with that to another level i trust so much as well the universe with a little bit the motto of everything happens for a reason in the global sense that what i have in my control i know i'm gonna give my all to do it and bring it towards where i want to bring it But what is out of my control, I think there's so much power in just letting go and trusting that if you have the best intentions, you trust the universe that whatever will fit with your energy will come back to you, you know? And I think that's beautiful. Yes, yes, definitely. I think for some of us, it comes so naturally to want to plan and control. Again, there is some benefit to it, but it can become detrimental if it starts leading the decisions of your life and lead the direction of your life. For sure. A little bit talking as well, business now, business-wise, what dreams do you still plan to accomplish in life beyond theory and practice? Well, I have two two dreams. The first is to build a business, um, and I'm doing that now with theory and practice. And the second is to be an author, a published author. So I'd love to write a book, And um, I know I will. It's just, it's a matter of time. 
What's the best advice that you have received when it comes to launching that business? You're, you're going to have people that don't agree with your ideas, that um, don't believe in your ideas, and that's okay. It's not about having everyone agree with your idea, because if that is what you are building, then there's not never going to be, you know, healthy tension of motivation of you getting feedback on what you're doing wrong to improve your product or to improve your business. So be comfortable with the idea that not everyone's going to like you. And this is something that I'm still very much trying to get comfortable with. And that is also advice applicable, not only to the business that one is building, but also to yourself. Not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. And you got, as long as you like yourself and you have the confidence in yourself, then that's all that matters in the end. I love it. And what's the best advice that you would give to someone launching their new business right now? Just do it. Um, I held back for so long out of fear, out of perfectionism, out of, well, when I have XYZ certificate or XYZ experience or XYZ age or XYZ perfect idea, then I'm going to launch it. And that day does not exist. That is not reality. Reality is you have an idea, create it, be comfortable with It being imperfect, in fact, should be imperfect so that you have the opportunity to iterate and evolve it and eventually improve it in the long term. So do it. Embrace the fear. Embrace the imperfection because it's all just part of it. And I'm still, again, something that I'm still like getting comfortable with. Yeah, it's a journey for sure. And you mentioned facing fear. How did you, what did you do, practically speaking, to face that fear of failure, that fear of launching, of what other people will say about you? Honestly, how I, the, the, it's not right to say I combat fear. I was about to say that, but the way that I embrace it and the way that I minimize its role in my life is through gratitude. So by practicing gratitude, in my opinion, that helps me remember in every aspect of how amazing my life is, how amazing I am to be able to build this business. And by focusing on gratitude, it minimizes my focus on fear. Practically, I would say if you can allocate like one minute at the beginning of your day when you're waking up and list, think of a list of 10 items or 10 things in your life that you're grateful for, that sets up your day because you realize that there are so many blessings that each of us has in our day especially when you're feeling a little bit low or unsure of yourself yes you've had a bad day it feels yes. amazing to just do yeah it. i i actually i started a gratitude practice when i was 16 um it's going on for 10 years at this point every single day if not every other day or sometimes i skip one or two days but then i go back and do it every single day there are two things that i write down for what I'm grateful for. And it's incredible and so magical to go back. And I sometimes I pull out these notebooks that I have from over the past 10 years and look back at November 17th, 2017. What, what was I grateful for on that day? And I look at it and I remember and I'm like, wow, this is so amazing. And sometimes I go back and read like what I write and I'm like, how I'm just like the luckiest person alive. This is so amazing. <laughs> so I really, really think it has so much power and so much um, magic that it can it can transform your life being grateful 
I absolutely love it. Last question that I have. How do you deal when there's negativity around you? Because we're talking about all things to make us grow and better. But there are days that someone's going to come at us because they're in a bad mood. How do you deal with negativity around you? Um, If it gets to me, I will allow, acknowledge and embrace the feeling. Let your acknowledge your feelings, see them, embrace them, digest them. Don't suppress them. Let them show up and come to the surface. And once they've they've had their moments, move on and thank them for being there and then move on. One thing that has actually really helped me in this journey of theory and practice is I create more than consume. Okay. I don't like to, I haven't been spending as much time on TikTok or on Instagram consuming content because I find that that dilutes my creativity and that dilutes my motivation and eagerness to create theory and practice content. So I've cut back on my consumption and added that time that I've cut back to time for creation. I love this so much, Anna, for your time today, for coming here and sharing your story. I'm sure it's going to inspire a lot of people. And I hope we'll have you back to discuss further topics in the future if you're interested. I love what you're doing. I love the questions. You're a phenomenal hostess. Um, And thank you so much for having me. Check out Theory and Practice when we launch. It's theoryandpractice.com or Theory and Practice Wellness on Instagram and Theory and Practice on TikTok. Check that out and just be curious and be grateful. Wonderful humans, we love you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much again for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care.